0: I was always aware of it and I was always interested. And back in the early 80s, I had a cousin, a first cousin of my father's in America, who was very interested in her clear roots because my grandfather was one of 12, six of whom immigrated to America and the other six were in Ireland. And one of their daughters was very interested in the ancestry, so she asked me one time she was over on the holidays if I would be interested in doing the Irish side of the family and she would do the American side. And it took off from there. And in 1984, 30 of our American relations arrived by bus. And I got in contact with some of our Irish relations.
1: I hope you weren't putting them all up. No.
0: (laughs) And at that time, the hotel was in Kilrush, you know, the hotel that was out by the ferry Mm. road. And about a hundred of us met there and had a meal and introduced ourselves and met up with our cousins. So it was a wonderful occasion. And then sometime in the 90s, one of the American cousins organized a reunion in America for anyone who was interested in coming. So my husband and I, the late Dennis... Went to America, to Chicago, and met up with a whole lot of the American cousins. Ah, that so must have been
1: brilliant! You both visited each other's home turf.
0: We did, yes. Okay. Yeah, so that was interesting.
1: So you, uh, once COVID hit, you you know, you were looking for something to kind of um, fill your time, and you really began to explore your your family tree, uh, or you know, add, yeah. add more branches to that yeah. tree.
0: Yeah. Well, I had quite a bit of it done before then, mm. but uh, my mother died in. 2016, and when we were clearing out the house, I came across this letter in her possessions and that really sparked my interest because I didn't know a whole lot about my grandmother's side of the family. So that's where that came from.
1: We'll start with that because yours was one of the texts I read out and it was uh, this letter from France to your grandmother when her aunt, who was a nun in the Ursuline Order, died in France. And this letter goes back to I mean, we're pre- pretty much back to famine era here because your y- y- your grandmother, her aunt, uh, yeah. was born, uh, Bridget Crow was born in Kilmurray-McMahon in 1848 and you have the letter there and you yeah. showed it to me and I'm just looking at it yeah. now. It, yeah. It's in remarkable condition. It's incredible. How, how is it in such good condition?
0: Well, it was amongst my mother's precious goods uh, just in an envelope mm. and I suppose it hadn't been taken out too much over the years.
1: Because I, I was saying to you before we started recording, you know, most letters that are of, of a significant age are kind of worn and mm. they've gone kind of hard or starchy, mm. Mm. Uh, more like parchment paper. Yeah. And they're, they're yellowed or frayed yeah. and can't. Be, uh, some of the writing isn't very legible. But yeah. th- this paper is still very white. The writing is immaculate. Her handwriting oh, writing, is so neat and small beautiful. and petite.
0: No, that letter was written by the superior in the okay. convent when the sister died.
1: So give us a bit more context to why the letter was written.
0: Um, well, she was born in Kilmory-McMahon and she went to secondary school in Gart. Now, I don't know why she would have gone to school there unless there was some connection with a nun or something up there. And it seems she had bad health and the doctor advised that she be sent to France. So she finished her schooling in France and became a teacher and was a tutor to a, a noble family. But she was always somebody who was very much into prayer and the rosary and that kind of thing. And eventually she joined the Ursuline sisters in Bologna. And uh, when she died, then the superior wrote to my grandmother t- describing her life and what a good person and what a holy person she was. So that's how the letter came about.
1: And for for your your grandmother, you know, to, to hear about your aunt's life must have been very illuminating because I would imagine mm. once she... Joined the Ursuline Order and you know entered the religious world. Ended up spending a lot of her life on the continent in oh, France I'd and say in Italy.
0: I said she never again come home. Judging yeah. by the letter, she yeah. wrote all right. She kept in contact with her family and she had a niece who entered the same order, but who later left the order and actually came home to Ireland. and Became a priest housekeeper in Dublin. And I remember when she died. Oh, must be I was only a child. As I remember hearing that she had died.
1: But in in all likelihood, your grandmother probably never met her aunt in person.
0: Probably not. Probably not.
1: It's amazing to mm. think that once she, mm. she went to France, mm. that was it. Never yeah. even yeah. Never made a trip yeah. back.
0: Yeah. That's well, a, I don't know whether yeah. she did or not, but I'm presuming that she didn't in those days.
1: So she died at the age of, she was in her 80s? 80,
0: yeah. Yeah. So in spite of her bad health, she had a long life.
1: <laughs> she had a long life, yeah. That yeah. would have, a, a long yeah. life even today, but especially but she was back blind.
0: then. She had gone blind before she, she died, blind. according to the letter, yes. yeah.
1: And mm. that, it's remarkable that, as you say, most of it is legible. You can still read it. Yes, there
0: are about two words in it that I couldn't make out other yeah. than that.
1: And that's not to do with the quality of the paper. That's just the superior's handwriting. Yes,
0: or oh, the <laughs> handwriting is immaculate. Mm.
1: It really is. Um, yeah. mm. uh, we'll, we'll have to take a picture of that. But that's not the only item or artefact from your your family history that you've brought with you. What else do you have there, Helen? I
0: also have the scroll or diploma that was awarded to my grandfather, David Dundon, after spending two years in St. Patrick's Training College and ending in July 1890.
1: 1890?
0: And it's a beautiful, beautiful piece of
1: paper. It really is. National Education Ireland, St. Patrick's Training College Diploma, and uh, 11th of January 1893 uh, for uh, David uh, Donlan it's absolutely immaculate it's um how would you describe it's parchment. the parchment and mm. the, uh, the the design on it is mm. a very celtic kind yeah. of uh, design yeah. it's very colourful reds yellows um very ornate and again is in immaculate condition yeah i'm assuming like you said with the with the the letter in relation to your your grandmother's aunt, that perhaps this parchment hasn't come out too often.
0: No, I wouldn't think so.
1: <laughs> okay. How did you come to be in possession of that, Helen? Like, who who hands these down to you?
0: Well, the, when we were clearing out the family home, I'm the eldest of the family, so
1: <laughs> you got first dibs. I got
0: first, <laughs> and they, everybody knew that I'm interested in family tree and that hmm. kind of thing, so family okay. history. So,
1: and what what else do you have?
0: Mm. I also have the diploma that was awarded to my mother where she left for Training College.
1: Oh, look at that. What days do we have on that? It's hard to, um, to see. The writing is very particular. Or there's writing on the back as well.
0: Uh, she graduated in June 1938.
1: 1938. And you can see the kind of um, the change. You know, now it's the free state. You can see the harp is there, an independent mm-hmm. Ireland, and it's, uh, it's written I- in Irish. Uh, the, uh, pre- well, actually, all of it is written in it Irish. Is, yeah. But again, in immaculate condition. And uh, it's more, again, more Celt- very Celtic design, mm-hmm. but bl- <laughs> blue, blue and white. Yeah, and then it's kind of, on uh, the back of it, it has writing as well. I think that's probably like the English, the translation of it. You might Give us a sense of what it says in, in National English. National
0: Education, this diploma is granted to Margaret Mead, certifying that she completed successfully in June 1938 in Our Lady of Mercy Training College, a course of training for the position of teacher. And in addition, fulfilled the prescribed condition of satisfactory probationary service as teacher in a school approved by the department f- for this purpose, given under our hand on this day. The twenty sixth day of January, nineteen forty two.
1: Amazing, so isn't she it? she
0: graduated in thirty eight, and she got her diploma in forty two. At so that time, you had to do so some, many some years teaching before you in got the your field. diploma. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's, this has been a real um, step into the time machine. We've we've touched on the famine era. We've. Uh, being in you know British-controlled Ireland, uh, mm. still very much part of the United Kingdom, and then that latterly there uh, mm. we're touching on pre-World War Two, mm. and then mm. uh, receiving that in mm. the middle, mm. the middle of mm. the, mm. the uh, World War Two. Absolutely <laughs> yeah. incredible and stuff. That's
0: a picture of my great-grandfather Peter Donnellan, who was born in Maleska in a- around 1840. 1840,
1: mm. and so that picture there—if he was born in 1840, again he's born before uh, the famine. Before the famine. Yeah. And he looks like he's in his, maybe his 40s, 50s there. Mm, so we yeah, could be talking 1880s, 18, 18 er, mm, very early 1890s. Mm, mm. Um, wearing very much the kind of a fine suit of the time. He's leaning on a, on a table. Mm. Uh, looks very distinguished. Uh, what, ha, what, is that a hard picture or what kind it of is, a... Yes. Yeah, and, uh, Helen's just passed it to me here. Uh, it's kind of on a hard card. Daddy's grandfather, Peter Donilon, father of 12,
0: yeah <laughs> and his wife died at 51 and he was left with 12 children
1: he was left with 12 mm. children at 51 on the back here it's uh this is uh, JK Stevens and son and co portraits McVicker's Theatre building Chicago yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow that's incredible the picture is it's again such good quality for something that's yeah. over 130 years old yeah. that's am- I mean it, there are very few people Ellen who'd have a picture mm. You know, of their great grandfather mm. like that.
0: Yeah, it's the only grandfather, great grandfather picture I have.
1: I would say it's probably the only only <laughs> one of the rare great grandfather pictures anyone has in yeah. Clare of, of their great grandfather. <laughs> that's absolutely amazing. You must be chuffed to have those family heirlooms.
0: I am. Yes, indeed. And that's a picture then of my grandfather, who was the son of that man you just saw, and his wife, who was my grandmother, who got the letter from.
1: In relation to in relation her aunt to her in, in her France. Aunt, yeah. This is your grandfather at the front yes. left, is it? Yeah, that's my grandfather. And okay.
0: That's the niece of sister. And that's my father and his brother and his five
1: sisters. What's amazing about this is... Not that's just not just that you have these items, but that, you know, it's like when any any of us watch um, Who Do You Think You Are? Mm. And, you know, as the person is exploring the family mm. history, you see another branch added to the mm. tree. Mm. So you see the names and the kind of years, the era mm. they lived through and you get more of a sense of people. Mm. But you actually have photographic evidence mm. of these mm. people. So mm. you have well, the that, picture that of your grand- great grandfather and then can see. yeah,
0: And that grandfather was born in 1870.
1: This grandfather, grandfather was born, his uh, son.
0: His son. And my father was born in 1907.
1: And then here you are. Right. <laughs> so we're talking to four generations there. Mm. That's incredible mm. stuff. That really is. It just shows you the, um, I don't know, just to, I suppose how uh, people change, new people are out, the world changes, mm. eras come and go, but families continue on. Mm. Mm. So, where are you at with your exploration, your family history now, Helen? You've done more than most people, and you have more of a sense than most people of their family history. But I
0: have pretty much all of it done.
1: All of it done, Mm. and you can go back to pretty much the early Mm. nineteenth century. Mm. Yeah, that's incredible stuff. So, Helen, have you thought of maybe putting this all together in a book or a compendium of some sort?
0: I put it together in a folder. I made about six or seven folders. I gave one to each of my children, and I gave one to each of my siblings. And my first cousins, I sent one family, one family member out of each first cousin a copy and told them they could pass it on to whoever. Actually, the, one of the people that I sent a copy to was Nev Brannock, huh. who was a first cousin of mine.
1: There we go. A small world. small world. Yes, yes. (laughs) Well, I have to say, I've really enjoyed, as as someone I'm I'm really interested in history, whether it's my own or somebody else's, (laughs) very interested in it. That's been fascinating to get a sense of of your family tree. Helen McGrath, thank you so much for coming in and and sharing a little bit of your world and your family with the rest of us here.
0: Thank you very much, Helen. It was a pleasure.